Listen, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. And let's face it, who doesn't love the fact that it's free? There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, everybody. I go by the name of Dominique Lamar Kutchenberg, but you can just call me Damo because everybody else does. And welcome to episode two of Speaking Sports with Damo. Um, I have uh, quite a bit to discuss with you all today, but first off, I want to just say I hope everybody is staying safe. Um, I hope everybody is practicing social distancing. Let's let's flatten this curve and let's beat this virus. Uh, speaking of the virus, I'm going to go ahead and start on this topic with uh, the NBA and the coronavirus. Uh, starting Friday, uh, March 20th, uh, all NBA teams had a had to close arenas and practice facilities for players and staff until further notice. Uh, players have to work out at home and cannot use uh, non-NBA facilities. So basically, they're just saying, you know, if you got a gym at home, stay at home, work out, but don't, you know, don't go out into the public and, you know, mix and mingle with other people and try to work out and whatnot. Um, Commissioner Adam Silver is saying he's optimistic about the season starting back up. He's saying it may not start back up until July or August. Um, he had an interview with uh, the great Rachel Nichols. He says that they're going to try uh, by all means to play basketball again, but cares more about the safety of the players and the fans first. So, you know, that 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 just adds an extra layer of respect that I have for Commissioner Silver because he's he's always proactive instead of reactive. Um, there's a quote that he also had in the interview with, with Miss Nichols. It says, I'm optimistic by nature, and I want to believe that we're going to be able to salvage at least some portions of this season. I would say we have done new and creative things in the past. We experimented with this year's All-Star Game with a unique ending. We've talked about playing tournaments for going into the playoffs. There may be other things we can do with the format. So basically what he's saying is uh, when we start back up, you know, we may not we, we nine times out of 10, we're not going to be able to have the regular season. So however, the standings look for the East and the West is how the playoffs is going to you know, end up looking. Um, I, I don't me personally, I don't have a problem with it uh, as long as the NBA season starts back up because I, I, I'm a huge fan of basketball. I love basketball. That was the first part I ever played as a kid. I picked up a basketball at three years old. So um, as long as I get to see the playoffs and get to see who wins the championship, I'm, I'm not really I'm not really concerned about the remainder of the regular season because I think they only had like maybe maybe 20 games left or so, maybe even less than that. So I'm not even really worried about you know the the remainder of the season. So I'm just if they start if they start the season back up with the playoffs, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, the remainder of the time. I'm going to be talking about this NFL free agency because this this NFL free agency has been one one for the ages, in my opinion. Um, if you if you recall last episode, I said there was no way 
that Tom Brady was going to go to the Buccaneers. There was no way that Bruce Arians would would change his offense for a 43-year-old quarterback. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have to come on here and 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 eat eat some crow. I absolutely have to eat some crow because that's exactly what happened. Um we'll go into a little further detail about that a little later, but you know, I just wanted to I just wanted to, you know, come to you all and let you know that I was wrong, you know. That's that's part of life being wrong and I I I had I have to eat crow now because Tom Brady is is now in the NFC South and it's it's going to it's going to make a very fun season. But uh back to this free agency. Um the first thing I need you all to realize that free agency is not about being the best. Um free agency is about being free. So when you guys see these guys going to these teams or being re-signed to the teams that they were playing for and they get these exorbitant amount of amount of dollars you know i don't want you to i don't want you to jump to conclusions like oh well you know he's the best or he's better than so and so cuz he got more money than so and so that's that's not always the case or that's not the case you know be, because the market elevates every season um they have to get paid according to the market. So the salary goes up just about every year for each position. So for example, if I come up, my time comes up to get paid, um, I get paid, I don't know, let's say I get paid for a defensive tackle. I get paid four years, $32 million. You know, I get $8 million a year as a defensive tackle. Now people gonna say I'm better than uh, uh, Aaron Donald because I got I'm getting paid more money than Aaron Donald or something like that. I know that's I know that's not exactly correct the the contract numbers that I just threw out there, but let's just say I got paid more than Aaron Donald. People gonna say, oh well, I'm better than Aaron Donald. People people gonna say I think I'm better than Aaron Donald now. No, that's not the case. You know the market dictates how much I get paid. If I come up due for my money to, for me to get my money and I put up excellent numbers, I'm going to get paid accordingly. Um, there's a lot. There was a lot of moves made uh, in this free agency period that made you that, that that'll make you want to scratch your head. Um, and like I said, it's a lot of money that's just being thrown out that you really won't understand. Um, there's also a lot of moves that, you know, excite that that should have excited you and made you want to you raise your eyebrows at it. Like I, like I just mentioned, you know, Brady going to the bucks that definitely made me raise my eyebrows. Um, you know, but just free agency as a whole can be an exciting time, you know, just with thought of fantasy football and stuff like that. You get, you get your, you know, you might have your favorite player on your favorite team. Now, you know, that that's definitely an, an exciting thing to think about. Um, and it could also be frustrating because some of your your favorite player could have got traded to another team or got could have got traded to traded to a rival or something like that. And that could be extremely frustrating. But that's just that's just the nature of the beast. Um, you know, what I'm saying it's just it's unfortunate that, you know, some teams can't hold on to their star players or they don't want to pay their star players. So they tell them to go test the free agent market and they end up getting something better. And they, you know, they chunk the deuces. I mean, it is it is what it is. It's just the nature of the beast. 
Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through each conference, uh, each division, each team, and let you know what you know what happened, who got who, and and whatever the case may be. So I'm gonna start with the AFC East. Now the AFC East is gonna be very interesting this year. Very, very interesting because of one simple fact. Tom Brady is no longer with the Patriots. He is in Tampa, which means New England is vulnerable for the first time in two decades. Now you you still don't wanna you still don't wanna count them out because they still got Bill Belichick, but they don't have Tom Brady anymore. So who is gonna be quarterbacking that Patriots offense. Um, but like I said, I'm going to start with the Dolphins. Um, the Dolphins have, you know, Brian Flores, um, a Bill Belichick disciple who was a defensive coordinator. Um, they went five and 11 last year. They, they were, they were pretty decent. Um, I was surprised that they even won five games to be perfectly honest with you, but, um, they ended up getting Jordan Howard, uh, Jordan Howard signed a two year deal, a two-year, uh, ten million dollar deal, according to Ian Rappaport. Um, this one, this one is what shocked me. They got Byron Jones from the Dallas Cowboys. So, Byron Jones signed a five-year, eighty-two million dollar contract with fifty-four and a half million guaranteed. Now, if he's not the highest-paid corner, he's pretty damn close. Because I think Darius Slate ended up gotten ended up getting something that's a little better than that. But um, Byron Jones getting that kind of money kind of shocked me because of the simple fact that Byron Jones really doesn't take the ball away. He didn't take the ball away with Dallas. That's why they let him go. That's why they let him you know test the free agency market and they didn't pay him. They didn't pay him. Um, when when you when you're a defensive player, especially in the defensive backfield, you want to, of course, you want to shut down your 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 man. You want to shut down your side of the field, but you also want to take the ball away and give your offense extra opportunities to try to score more points. Because the the objective still at the end of the day is whoever score whoever scores the more points wins. So and he just doesn't do that. So how he got that much money, I don't know. But as I said, it's not about being good or being the best. It's about being free and free agency. Um, the Dolphins also got Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Noy. Um, I thought those were thought those were solid moves. Um, they need to do something about the defense because the defense was thirty second overall. So. Uh, with these moves and maybe a couple more that they make in the draft, they should be able to make a a, a sizable jump in the East. Uh, I'm gonna go to the Bills. Um, the Bills. These these moves, I really don't really don't know what to say about them, but. Uh, like they they traded for Stephon Diggs. Now I'm not saying Stephon Diggs is a is a bad receiver, but um, they gave up a first round pick, a fifth round pick, and a sixth round pick to uh, along with uh, the twenty 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 one fourth round pick and a twenty twenty seventh round pick. 
They gave up all those picks to get Stephon Diggs from Minnesota. Now, there's another receiver that got traded. And um, I'll tell you the details about that trade in a, in a little while. But the, the Minnesota Vikings got a haul for Stephon Diggs. Um, they also signed Josh Norman to a one-year deal. Now, Josh Norman is okay, but my question is, does he make the Bills' defense any better? Um, the Bills was number, were number three in total defense, allowing 298 yards a game, and they were number four in pass defense, only allowing 195 yards a game. They were number six in first downs allowed with 262, and they were number two in points allowed, allowing 16 points a game. Now, what I just told y'all was the Bills was top 10 in in defense in a lot of defensive categories. Now, I'm going to tell you Josh Norman's stats in 2019. He played in 12 games. He started in eight. He had one pick. Okay. He had one pick, six pass breakups, one sack, and 40 tackles. Now, 40 tackles is good. 33 solo and seven assisted tackles. That's that's good for a corner. I'll give you that. And one tackle for loss. But one pick, dog? One. With the number four pass defense, how is that going to make the number four pass defense any better in six pass breakups and you only started in eight games played in 12 in a 16 now 17 game season regular season i don't i don't know what the bills are trying to do i see what they're trying to do on the offensive side by getting stefan diggs try to get uh josh allen some more weapons and i like josh allen I like Josh Allen as a quarterback. He's he he's a little rough around the edges, but you know, I feel like over time he'll develop into a very a very fine quarterback. Um let's go to the New York Jets. The Jets the Jets signed a lot of I understand the direction that they're going in. They signed a lot of offensive linemen during the free agency period because they want to keep Sam Darnold upright as they should. He's their he's their first round pick and their franchise quarterback. So you got to do all you you got to do all you can to try to keep him in one piece. Um, now they just have to, you know, draft well and get him some pieces and draft well on the defensive side. And I think it will be a two horse race in the AFC East with the Dolphins and the Jets. I think the Bills might fall off a little bit because they because they choked. They choked in the playoffs last year when they when they went against the Houston Texans. They had that game in their hands and they just they let it slip away. So I think they're gonna fall back a little bit. I think it's gonna be a two horse race with the Dolphins and the Jets. And now we're gonna go to the New England Patriots, who I think may not may not be the same. Now we all know this this argument that. The Patriots went eleven and five with Matt Castle. You know, I I get it, I understand, but this feels different because Tom Brady wasn't. He's not hurt now. He's just no longer there. He just decided that he wanted up out of there. 
and he needed to he needed to venture out somewhere else and try to try to do it on his own without Bill Belichick and Mr. Kraft. Um, remember when I said something about, you know, head scratching, free agency being kind of head scratching? This is head scratching with the New England Patriots because right now I they don't have any noticeable pickups during their free agency period. They signed Brian Hoyer to a one-year deal. Now, you never want to doubt Bill Belichick because he has the cachet and the resume to try to, you, I mean, not to try, but to, you know, kind of allow some leeway. Let's just say that. He has the cachet to allow some leeway. But Brian Hoyer, really? Brian Hoyer? Okay. When you had Cam Newton, you had Cam Newton. You could have got Cam Newton. Matter of fact, I think that one of the places I thought Cam Newton should have went was Denver, uh, the Bears, the Patriots, and the Chargers. He might end up going to the Chargers now because the Chargers don't have a quarterback. Well, they have Tyrod Taylor, but if I'm the Chargers, I'm going to try to do all I can to get Cam Newton. But that's neither here nor there. The, the Patriots could have got him. But they signed Brian Dam Hoyer to a one-year deal. Okay. And then they uh, they gave Devin McCourty a two-year deal. Uh, two years, $23 million with $17 million guaranteed. I mean, that's all fine and good. But so? So what? Y'all don't have a quarterback. And yeah, we say we say the Patriots went eleven to five with Matt Castle, but Matt Castle's better than Brian Damn Hoyer. I mean, come on. But you know, it's I guess I guess Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. I guess he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's I don't know. It's just that one's crazy to me. Brian Hoyer, I just I just can't get over that. Brian Brian Hoyer. Uh, the AFC East, like I said, is going to be very interesting. I'm very excited to see what, uh, what shakes up in the AFC East. Um, like I said, two horse race, Dolphins and Jets. I might give an edge to the Dolphins because they, they showed me a lot last year. And with Brian Flores as the head coach, I have a lot of, I have a lot of faith in him, I have a lot of faith in him. Now, depending on who they get as the quarterback, I think they might get Tua. They might get Tua, but um, like I said, they just have to draft well, and you know Brian Flores will lead those guys in the right direction. I, I have faith in Brian Flores as a head coach. It's not that many black coaches in the NFL, so when you see one, you gotta you know you gotta wrap your arms around them and and get behind them as as much as you can. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna transition to the AFC West. I'm going to start with the Broncos. Uh, the Denver Broncos, they signed A.J. Boye. Well, he got traded uh, from the Jags for a fourth-round pick. Uh, they also got Jarrell Casey uh, traded from the Titans for a seventh-round pick. And this is one that stuck out to me. They signed Melvin Gordon to a two-year deal, $16 million with $13.5 million guaranteed. Now, they had... They had a decent running back in um, Lindsey. 
So I'm, I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen with him. But um, I don't know. I guess I'm excited to see what Melvin Gordon is going to do with the with the Denver Broncos because they have they have excellent offensive line play. Um, I think they're still running that the the zone the zone scheme, or maybe more power maybe a more power running scheme now with Denver. But I'm 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 excited to see what what Melvin Gordon is going to do because. He had a had a kind of up and down season last year, so I'm kind of kind of excited to see what he's gonna do. Uh, KFC, the K- Kansas City Chiefs. I was about to say the KFC Chiefs, <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, they haven't really made a lot of moves yet. They have well, they haven't really made a lot a lot of moves. Period. They just franchise tag Chris Jones, so that basically means that Chris Jones is gonna end up getting his money sometime soon, and. Uh, you know, we all know Patrick Mahomes gonna get his money. There's no question about that. Patrick Mahomes is definitely gonna get his money. Um, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, they signed Nelson Aguilar. For what reason? I don't know why. Um, it was a one year. It's a one year veteran deal worth one thousand forty seven thousand five hundred dollars with eight hundred eighty seven thousand and five hundred dollars guaranteed. Um, they also signed Eli Apple again for whatever reason. I don't know why, because this is like his third team. He started off with the Giants, then he went to the Saints, and now he's with the Raiders. Um my personal opinion, he's never been that good of a corner. He's he all he's always getting burnt. He's always getting called for pass interference. So that means he's reacting too slow. And he's trying to make up for it by holding and grabbing to try to catch up to his receiver. Um, good luck, John Gruden, is all I can say about that. Because I heard he can be a handful also in the locker room. Um, they signed Jeff Heath from the Dallas Cowboys. They signed Malik Collins. Um, these these next two signings are kind of head scratchers to me. They signed Jason Witten and Marcus Mariota. My question is why to both of those. Jason Witten and my sister, who's probably listening, who's probably going to be listening to this, is a Cowboys fan. I said that last episode, but she's also a huge Jason Witten fan. She loves her some Jason Witten. And Jason Witten is a bona fide tight end. But my thing is he's up there in age now. The only the only good route Jason Witten can do is a three and out or five and out. Once he catches the ball, he's not going anywhere. He's a possession tight end. And with the tight ends that they have in today's game now with Kelsey and um, the tight end from San Fran. I'll think of his name in a second. Kittle, George Kittle. With those kinds of tight ends. You need to be able to catch the ball and run after the catch. It's not just catch the ball three yards in a cloud of dust anymore. Now, Jason Witten could move a little bit when he was younger, when he was in his prime, but he's not in his prime anymore. Now, my only theory as to why John Gruden signed Jason Witten is for the locker room, is for culture, to develop culture. Because they move into Vegas. It's a new stadium, new atmosphere. They need someone in there who's going to provide some stability in the locker room. That's my only guess as to why John Gruden decided to, you know, bring Jason Witten on 
to the Raiders. And and I, I, I give him all props. You know, he wants to still play. He feels like he can still play. Hey, man, more power to you. God bless you. But I don't know how much, I don't know how much faster you're going to get the older you get. That's all I'm saying. Um, and Marcus Mariota. Now, Marcus Mariota, he's not a bad quarterback. I'm going to start off by saying that. But correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't John Gruden the one that said that we love Derek Carr and he's our quarterback when they was bringing up this whole hoopla about Brady going to the Raiders? Didn't he say that? I thought he said that. So why in the hell did you sign Marcus Mariota then if you love Derek Carr? That's like that's like you in a relationship. You tell your significant other that you love him, but then you turn around and cheat on him. How? How's that possible? How you how you love me, but then you go get another quarterback to to potentially replace me? That's ba that's you know, these these guys have egos. Especially the quarterbacks. Especially franchise quarterbacks. These guys have the biggest egos out of out of anybody in the locker room. So if I'm a franchise quarterback and you say you love me, but then you go get another quarterback, my ego is shot now because I feel like you're trying to get this guy to replace me. All I know is Derek Carr just better look over his shoulder. And I mean, well, to be honest with you, no, I wouldn't even do that. Because if I'm Derek Carr, I'm better than Marcus Mariota. Now, I may have had a down year, but I believe Derek Carr is better than Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota was a dog in college now. Don't, you know, don't get it, don't get it twisted. When he was playing for Oregon, he was a dog, but this ain't college no more. This is the pros. And I feel like Derek Carr has come along better in his professional career than Marcus Mariota has. Um, the Chargers, the Las the mm, not Las Vegas, the Los Angeles Chargers signed Brian Balaga. Uh, for three years, $30 million. They also signed Chris Harris for two years, $17 million with the max value of $20 million, including $7.5 million guaranteed. So it, it could start off at $17 million, but it could have a max potential value of $20 million over the next two years. And they also signed Linville Joseph, who's a very, very solid defensive lineman for two years, $17 million worth up to $19 million in incentives. So I like this move. I like this move because um, the simple fact that when you want to establish a, a good defensive line, you want to start inside out. You want to start inside out because um, a lot of quarterbacks can rush up the middle when they feel like the pocket's being collapsed. That's why Brady is so good at what he does. But he ran into a couple pitfalls, like when he played the, the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game. That's that year the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. They had Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware on the edges, true, but they also had uh Malik, Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf on the inside, pressuring the pocket, collapsing the pocket on the inside. So that way when Brady tries to step up, he's stepping up either into the interior lineman, or he's stepping up into his own offensive lineman. He's getting bounced back. So I like this move because they got uh, Melvin Ingram and they got uh, the Bosa, the Bosa brother, one of the Bosa brothers, 
uh, on the edges. So you have a solid defensive lineman on the, on the, in the middle that can collapse the pocket from the inside. I think that'll uh, improve their uh, that'll improve their defensive line dr dramatically. Um, let's go to let's go to the AFC North. Um, this one was huge. This one was so huge. The Baltimore Ravens got Calais Campbell. They got him in a trade uh, with the with the Jags in exchange for a fourth round pick. Um, they fi they finalized the two year deal worth twenty seven million dollars, and it would include twenty million dollars guaranteed. Now I like Calais Campbell. Calais, Calais Campbell's a good dude. He's a um, a Walter Payton winner. Very good dude. So I, I feel like that's going to be a huge addition to their defense, who's already stout, you know, already with uh, with them re-signing or placing the franchise tag on uh, Matt Judon and uh, Jihad Ward agreed to come back for a one-year deal. They got Jimmy Smith. They re-signed him for a one-year deal. Um, they got Derek. They also got Derek Wolf. For one year, three million dollar, fully guaranteed, up to six million dollars in incentives. Now, I just talked about uh, the Chargers getting Linville Joseph, that solid defensive lineman. Derek Wolf, Derek Wolf is a solid defensive lineman that can collapse the pocket on the inside. So, I really feel like that was a solid move for the Baltimore Ravens. But I'm not surprised. You know, the Baltimore Ravens is a is a first class organization uh, through and through. And um, they they have a they have a superstar at the quarterback position with Lamar Jackson, so I'm excited to see what they're going to do next season. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, they they put the franchise tag on AJ Green. You know I, I'm not shocked that they did that. Um, they signed Mackenzie Alexander to a one year four million dollar deal. Uh, they signed Von Bell to a three year deal or a three year eighteen million dollar deal. Uh, which would pay him up to six to seven million dollars a year, according to uh, Ian Rappaport. Oh no, they're going to pay him seven million dollars in year one, according to Ian Rappaport. My apologies. Um, and they also signed Trey Waynes to a three-year, forty-two million dollar contract. That's all fine and good, um, but I don't see the Bengals going anywhere. I still don't. I still see the AFC North as a two-horse race with the Ravens and the Steelers. The Bengals are cheap. The Bengals are a mom-and-pop organization. And I just think that if I'm if I'm Joe Burrow, yeah, he's an Ohio kid. You know, Joe Burrow, uh, the Heisman winner who quarterbacked for my LSU Tigers, who won the national championship. Go Tigers. Um, if I'm Joe Burrow... Yeah, it's it's a feel good story and all that. That's all fine and good, but I'm I'm try I'm going to listen to Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer told him basically, "Look, bro, stay away. Do not go there." There's uh, there were other players that spoke out and told him, "Do not go there." But um I, I don't know. I I would stay away, but of course, he's going to do he's going to do what he want to do. You know, he's a grown man. He can make those kind of decisions. Um Let's go to the Cleveland Browns now. Uh, the Cleveland Browns look like they made a lot of moves during the free agency period. But like I said, 
it's just, it's a two horse race with the Steelers and the and the Ravens. It's nothing nothing's changed in my humblest opinion. Um, yeah, they signed Andrew Billings. Uh, they they took Austin Hooper. Well, they didn't take him because he he left in the free agent market. Um, they got Austin Hooper away from my Falcons. Uh, they signed him to a four year, forty two million dollar deal with uh twenty three million dollars guaranteed in the first two years. Um. They placed uh, Kareem Hunt on a second-round tender. They signed Case Keenum to a three-year, $18 million deal with $10 million guaranteed. Now, that could be for, you know, maybe, uh, you know, role model reasons. Because, you know, Baker Mayfield can shoot his mouth off a little too much for my liking. So maybe they they brought Case Keenum in to... Um, try to show him the ropes, show him how to be a professional, show him how to be a a pro- professional on and off the field. So, you know, that's these these are fine moves and all, but you know, I'm not really not really concerned about the Browns and the the Bengals because, you know, because of the the management that they have and ownership, I feel like once that changes, I may give them, you know, a small ray of hope. Um the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers put uh, Bud Dupree on a franchise tag. Bud Dupree has definitely come a long way because I've I've watched Bud Dupree ever since he was in Georgia. I thought he was going to be a bust, but he's definitely come along. He's definitely come a long way. Um, they signed Eric Ebron, which I thought was was huge. That's another weapon for Ben Roethlisberger to throw the football to, assuming he comes back healthy next year. So you'll have him and Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, James Conner and whoever they, you know, they may draft another offensive, they may draft another wide receiver. Um, But I think, and oh, they also signed uh, Chris Wormley, uh, the defensive tackle. They acquired him from a trade from the Ravens in exchange for a 2021 fifth-round pick. I, I definitely like these moves for the Pittsburgh Steelers because their defense was was starting to get better last year. Um, Mike Tomlin, you know, Mike Tomlin never ceases to amaze me. He's just he's just a, a hell of a coach. So the fact that you know they went what they go, I think they went eight and eight last year, and they missed. I think they missed the play. Yeah, they did. They missed the playoffs. They went eight and eight last year. But just the fact that they they went eight and eight last year, they they lost their starting quarterback, they lost their second string quarterback. They had some dude named Duck Hodges quarterbacking for them, and they still managed to win eight games. I mean, that's you you can't do anything but tip your hat to a guy like Mike Tomlin. You know, he gets my utmost respect, and him and him and his team and the Baltimore Ravens are going to be fighting for AFC North supremacy next year. Okay, so let's go to the AFC South. And let's start with the Houston Texans. Okay, the Houston Texans got Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb got a three-year, $27 million deal with $18 million fully guaranteed. Randall Cobb did did an outstanding job for the Dallas Cowboys next year. And this will be a, a great weapon for Deshaun Watson to throw the football to. But... There's a little bit of a problem here, and we'll discuss that 
uh, a little bit later. Because, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is now down one of his uh, favorite weapons, not just his favorite weapon, but like his best friend, his favorite mentor in, um, in DeAndre Hopkins. So um, they signed Kaimi Fairbairn, uh, the kicker, to a four-year, $17.65 million contract with $9 million guaranteed. I think this was a good move because uh, they struggled with the kicking game last year. So I think that would be, I think that's a, a step up uh, as far as their kicking game is concerned. Maybe he'll sure that up. Um, they signed A.J. McCarron for some reason. I, I don't know why they signed another quarterback. Cause you have you have your you have your franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson, and they got David Johnson. They got him in the trade from Arizona to get Deion, in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins in a fourth round pick. Yeah, um, that one really struck me. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second because I just I just disagree with that whole premise of D-Hop getting traded. But um, let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars, sorry, got Tyler Eifert uh, signed to a two-year deal worth $15.5 million. Um, Tyler Eifert, he's been hurt a lot. So I'm not really sure how he's going to hold up this season because he's been, he, he like I said, he's been hurt a lot. And I, I would know because he was, he was on one of my franchise, I mean, uh, my fantasy football teams and he just, he got hurt a lot. So I had to keep him on the bench. So that was, you know, disappointing. That was depressing for me. Um, Let's see the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans got Vic Beasley from, my Atlanta Falcons on a one-year, uh, nine and a half million dollar, fully guaranteed deal with the max value of twelve and a half million. Uh, they placed the franchise tag on Derrick Henry. Hopefully, they don't run him into the freaking ground like they do all running backs in the NFL. But you know, that's that's like holding your breath because um, you know we 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 hope that these organizations do well by their players but you know sometimes they just they just use them up and they don't really they don't really take care of them like they should and by the time they get hurt or by the time they get older they say oh well you know you're a little past your prime so we're not gonna pay you your money but i digress um the indianapolis colts the indianapolis colts acquired uh deforest buckner excuse me, in a trade with the 49ers in exchange for Indy's 2020 first round pick, the number 13 overall pick. And they gave DeForest Buckner an extension worth $21 million per season. Um, they signed Xavier Rhodes to a one-year deal who was uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. I liked Xavier Rhodes. I thought I thought Xavier Rhodes was a, a a fairly decent corner. They used to, they called him the roadblock and all that. So, 
Um, I think he'll I think he'll do well in with the Indianapolis Colts, and I think DeForest Buckner will sure up that defensive line because the the Indianapolis Colts had a decent defensive line last year. They just really couldn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and DeForest Buckner from the defensive tackle position can definitely do that. And um, Philip Rivers, they signed Philip Rivers to a one year deal with twenty five million fully guaranteed. Uh they still got Jacoby Brissett there. So maybe Philip Rivers is going to be uh, like a mentor to Jacoby Brissett. I'm not really sure, but I I don't I don't know, can't really can't really trust um can't really trust Philip Rivers at this point cuz he throws too many damn interceptions. He throws too many interceptions and he's not reliable with the football. He 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 has fumbleitis. He fumbles the ball too much as well. So um, that's that's the AFC. Those are the moves that were that were done in the AFC. It's a lot of a lot of shifting, a lot of moving, and it's a lot of intrigue in the, in the, in the, I mean in the AFC now. So because of the simple fact that Tom Brady's no longer in the AFC, a lot of people would think that you know this is. Kansas City's division now, but you know, you still have the Ravens, you still have the Steelers. Um, some people saying don't sleep on the Texans, but after that boneheaded move that they did with DeAndre Hopkins, um, I think some people are starting to count them out. You know, the, the, the Colts, they look like they look like a team that could be on the rise, but you know, it's just it's something to keep your eyes open for, and I'm excited for the start of I'm excited for the start of the season. Hopefully the the COVID situation doesn't interfere with the NFL season. But um we'll just keep our fingers crossed and we'll just you know try to stay hopeful in all this all this madness. Um we're going to shift to the NFC now. Let's start with the NFC North. We're going to start with the NFC North. Uh the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears signed Artie Burns to a one-year deal. Um, they also signed Jimmy Graham. They signed Jimmy Graham to a two-year deal worth $16 million. And this tr- contract includes $9 million guaranteed with a no-trade clause as a port, as, as according to uh, Garofalo. They also signed Danny Trevathan to a three-year extension worth $21.75 million base in base value. It has a maximum potential of $24 million and also includes $14 million guaranteed. And they signed Nick Foles, or they acquired Nick Foles in a trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for a fourth-round pick, the 140th overall pick, and uh, Nick Foles' contract is going to be restructured as a part of the deal. Now, if I'm Mitch Trubisky, I'm feeling some type of way. Because it seems like when, when stuff goes wrong, people want to... I mean, I, I and I get it. You know, the quarterback, the quarterback gets the bulk of the blame. And the bulk of the credit, you know, he gets the bulk of the credit when they win and they, you know, they get the bulk of the blame when they lose. So, but Mr. Trubisky, he getting too much blame, in my honest opinion. It should be on some of the head coach, too. And I feel like the head coach is going, you know, un, 
going untouched in this situation. But um, hopefully Nick Foles doesn't start. Hopefully Mr. Trubisky stays the starter and Nick Foles just comes in as a backup, which is what I think he should be. You know, that's, I think that's the role that Nick Foles was destined to play, you know, because he had that one good season where he led the Eagles to the Super Bowl. But other than that, he's been, he's been a backup quarterback. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Okay, now moving on to the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, they signed Geronimo Allison to a one-year $910,000 deal. Um, they also signed Jamie Collins. He agreed to terms with a three-year $30 million deal that includes $18 million fully guaranteed. Um, they also signed Deron Harmon in a trade from the New England Patriots along with a 2027th round pick in exchange for a 2025th round pick. Um, they signed Desmond Trufant from my Atlanta Falcons to a two-year, $21 million deal. And they also got uh, Vitae, uh, the offensive lineman from the Philadelphia Eagles, on a five-year, $50 million deal. Um, I'm not really too sold on the Detroit Lions because they have Matt Patricia as their head coach, and I really don't have that much respect for him as a head coach. And um, I'll go into a little detail as to why that is as well. But... Um, as far as the NFC North is concerned, it's just, it's basically going to be a two-horse race again. It's going to be the Packers and the Vikings fighting for uh, NFC North supremacy, in my honest opinion. Um, the Green Bay Packers signed Christian Kirksey to a two-year $16 million deal. They got Devin Funches on a one-year $2.5 million deal with a max value of $6.25 million guaranteed. And they also signed, they re-signed Mercedes Lewis. Um, they they haven't really made a whole lot of deals over free agency, which they normally don't. The Packers normally don't make a lot of free agency moves. They they try to build up in the draft, although they do have new general management. And the general manager has tried to do a lot more. Uh, try He's tried to do a lot more deals in the offseason, but it doesn't look like it matriculated out to be the case this year. Um, but you got Aaron Rodgers, so you know you can't really go you can't really go wrong with Aaron Rodgers. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, they really didn't do a whole lot either. You know, uh, yeah, they signed Dan Bailey. They signed a kicker, Dan Bailey, from the Cowboys. Uh, they got they re-signed Amir Abdullah. Um, they signed Michael Pierce. They got Tarjay Sharp from uh, the Tennessee Titans, and they got Eric Wilson. Um, yeah, they may they may be down in the wide receiver spot because they lost Stephon Diggs, but they still have um, Adam Thielen and um, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, they still have Kyle Rudolph in the tight end spot, but um, Adam Thielen is a a damn good wide receiver, so they can they can draft another wide receiver, and um, I think they'll I think they'll be I think those guys will be fine. So. Um, yeah, like I said, two-horse race for the NFC North. It's going to be the Packers and um, the Vikings. I think it's you know going to be the same as it was last year. Um, let's go to the NFC East. Let's go to the NFC East, and let's start with the Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins got Kyle Allen in a trade with the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a fifth round pick. Now, 
they just got um, Haskins. They just got Haskins. Why would you guys get another quarterback that's the same age as him? I think they I think they came in the same they came into the same draft together, him and Kyle Allen. So why would you want to get another quarterback? Like some of these some of these general managers and stuff, they I don't know, they just make the most weirdest decisions. And it just doesn't make any sense. But that's the whole, I guess that's the whole point of free agency to make you scratch your head. Because this one just absolutely makes no sense to me. Um, they signed Peyton Barber to a two-year deal worth $3,600,000 guaranteed. For what reason? I don't know why. Um, they signed Kendall Fuller. This one was shocking. They got Kendall Fuller on a four-year contract with roughly $40 million. Uh, Kendall Fuller was a was a damn good quarterback for the Chicago Bears last year, but you know I guess they couldn't pay him, so they had to let him go. Um, I don't I don't know. I got I got I got friends back home that are Redskins fans, and I just don't I don't I don't be knowing what to tell them sometimes because they just man, they just get so hype every year. They they almost as bad as Cowboy fans, but not as bad. They at least know their team is bad, but they just get so amped every season. Like, yeah, we're going we gonna to have a good season. They don't say we're going to go to the Super Bowl, but they'd be like, man, we're going to have a good season. This is going to be a good season for us. And then they fall flat on their face every season. And I, I just don't be knowing what to tell them. Sean, Big Bait, you know, you're my brother. You know, I love you. But, you know, that's just that's just how I be, man. Y'all, when, you, when you're dealing with the Redskins, that's, that's how I be. I don't really know what to tell you. But um moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um the Philadelphia Eagles, what stuck out to me was they got Darius Slay in a trade from Detroit Lions in exchange for a third round pick and a fifth round pick. And as part of the deal, Slay will get a three year fifty million dollar extension with thirty million dollars guaranteed. So he was he was a good corner for the Detroit Lions. Should he have gotten this kind of money? Probably because he was the best he was the best player on the Detroit Lions team. And I don't see they also got Nikhil Roby Coleman. So I think this will sure up their defensive backfield because they also uh they gave Jalen Mills a one year deal with five million and they uh they got Rodney McLeod to a two-year, $12 million deal. Now, the main person y'all need to worry about is Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills, although he went to LSU, he keeps getting burnt. He stay getting burnt. I don't care what nobody say. You can say, oh, that's just the coverage that they play. Bump all that. Every time I see the Philadelphia Eagles play, and every time I see a wide receiver lined up against Jalen Mills, he's getting burnt. So unless he works on not getting burnt this year, then the the Eagles defense can still have some problems. Cause Malcolm Jenkins is no longer there. Um, they still got, you know, they still got their defensive line. Their defensive line is elite, but 
if, if they can throw if they can throw it over the top of your head, the, the defense can only do but so much. Um, let's move on to the New York Giants, the New York football Giants. Um, they signed Blake Martinez to a three-year, $30 million contract. I like that move. And they also got Levine Toilolo to a two-year, $6.2 million contract with $3.5 million guaranteed. Now, I like the Blake Martinez move. The Blake Martinez move is good because every time I see him play, I seen him play for the Green Bay Packers, he was getting close to making the tackle. He was making the tackle. He was he was always in on the play. You know, he was there where the football, he was always where the football was. Um, they also signed Deion Lewis. I think that would be a good pickup for Saquon Barkley's sake. So that way they're not trying to kill him and run him in the ground because that that's what it seems like they try to do to to the running backs. Like I said, you know, with, uh, with Derrick Henry, they'll use you up, use you up, use you up, and then slap the franchise tag on you. So let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, I don't know. Dallas Cowboys got me a little worried this year, guys, because um, Dallas Cowboys they 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 making they making a little move, making a couple moves here. That's kind of got me scratching my head in a in an intrigued way, not in a scared way or in a confused way. Now I'm still confused as to this this franchise tag thing with Dak Prescott. And Amari Cooper getting his money. He got five. He got re-signed for five years, a hundred million, with sixty million guaranteed, forty million dollars at signing, and another twenty million dollars for injury that becomes fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the twenty twenty two league year. So he he basically disappeared in most of the road games last year, but they still gave him a five year, a hundred million dollar deal. To me, that makes no sense. But then you have Dak Prescott, who never missed a game. He missed one practice, and y'all slapped him with the exclusive franchise tag. But, you know, I, I digress. Um, they got HaHa Clinton Dix. HaHa Clinton Dix played for the Browns. Not the Browns. He played for the Bears last year. Um, he signed a one-year, $4 million deal with $2.5 million guaranteed. So they trying to sure up that uh, defensive backfield position. Uh, I think I think Ha Clint Dix is going to be a, a nice addition to that. They also signed Gerald McCoy uh, from the Carolina Panthers. He signed a three-year, eighteen point three million dollar deal that can round out to about twenty million dollars in incentives. And they also got Dontari Poe. Now I like Dontari Poe. I, I loved him when he played for my Falcons. Um, he also signed to a deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they re-signed Joe Looney. Their uh, center slash guard to a one year deal worth two point four million dollars, and um, J- Blake Jarwin resigned to a three year deal for twenty four point twenty five million dollars with nine point two five million dollars guaranteed. Now I like Blake Jarwin. He should have been the starting uh, tight end last year over Jason Witten, but we're not gonna we ain't gonna get into that. But yeah, the Dallas Cowboys they definitely made some moves that I'm I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned. If they they make it to the playoffs, they they you know they might they might make some noise. But um, let's go to the NFC West. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers they re-signed uh, Arik Armstead to a five-year deal worth up to 
$85 million uh, with $48.5 million guaranteed. Um, they have a plethora. Like, it's it's an embarrassment of riches of how many defensive linemen that the 49ers have. That's why they was able to give away DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts because they have so many. Not not all of them get on the field. Um, I like this move. Uh, you need your defensive lineman because you got the you not you have the other Bosa brother, and now you have Armstead and you got Richard Sherman back there, and they re-signed Jimmy Ward to a three-year deal up to twenty-eight and a half million dollars. Um, I think the 49ers are going to be back in the fold next year, even though they kind of choked away the the Super Bowl. But I, I like I like the 49ers. I like the 49ers' chances next year. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, they signed Philip Dorsett uh, to a one-year, $1 million deal. Uh, they signed Greg Olson to a one-year, $7 million deal. I thought that was cool because I like Greg Olson, and I think he still has a lot left in the tank. Um, they Bruce Irvin is supposed to re-sign with the... Bruce Irvin is supposed to re-sign with the Seahawks. Or he's expected to sign with the Seahawks, sorry. Because he was with the Raiders last year. My apologies. And, um... Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks... Uh... I don't know. Um... The Seattle Seahawks is a toss-up for me. Because... It doesn't look like... Well, they, they signed B.J. Finney... To a two-year, $8 million deal. Who's an offensive lineman. But they need to keep Russell Wilson upright. They can't they can't keep letting Russell Wilson run around and and do and, and improvise and stuff like that cuz he's going to he's going to get older and he's going to mess around and get hurt. So, um they need to do all they can for Russell Wilson. Uh getting him Greg Olson is cool. Getting him filling Philip Dorsett is cool, but they need they got uh DK Metcalf. Um I think they need one more wide receiver piece whether it be a slot or, you know, a, a X or a Z, a X or a Y receiver. But um I like the I like the Seattle Seahawks. But it's it's a toss up. It's a toss up for me in that regard. And then in the NFC West, you also have the Los Angeles Rams. Um they haven't really done a lot of they didn't really get a lot of people. Uh they got Michael Brockers from the Ravens, um, they gave him a $3 million contract or he's going to stay on his $3 million contract with a maximum value of $31.5 million guaranteed. Um, they've re-signed Andrew Whitworth to a three-year $30 million contract with $12.5 million guaranteed and has a max value of $37.5 million. Now, Andrew Whitworth, he's, a, 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 he's one of the best. He's one of the best, so he deserves it. I just hope that Jared Goff makes that next step as um, as a quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. And then you have the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are going to make a jump next year. Um, I think it may be the Cardinals and the Rams. Or no, I'm sorry. It won't be the Cardinals and the Rams. It might be the Cardinals and the 49ers who's going to fight for supremacy in the NFC West just based off of some of these moves that they made. Now, they signed Devondre Campbell to a one-year deal. They got King and Drake. Uh, they put the transition tag on Drake. 
they re-signed uh, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald, Larry Legend, to another one-year deal up to $11 million. Um, they got DeAndre Hopkins, as I mentioned earlier, with the Texans in a trade in exchange for David Johnson. Now, here's the one thing that will be a roadblock for the Arizona Cardinals. Who do y'all draft? Who do y'all pick up in the draft? Because y'all need to get some offensive linemen because y'all have a franchise quarterback, Colin Murray. Y'all need to keep him upright. He's very small, very miniature in frame, and he can't he can't do too much running around like Russell Wilson because he's going to end up getting hurt. So you guys need to get some offensive line because they were the 32nd ranked offensive line in the NFL last year, and that's problematic when you have a franchise quarterback. So last but not least, let's go to the NFC South. NFC South, my division that has my favorite team, the Atlanta Falcons in it. Um I think we're gonna I think we're gonna bounce back, but we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about them yet. Let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Uh the New Orleans Saints re-signed Drew Brees, no shock there, to a two-year contract with 50 million guaranteed. Um they placed the first round tender on Taysom Hill. They brought Malcolm Jenkins back on a four-year, $32 million contract with a $16.25 million guarantee and has a max value of $35 million. Um, they re-signed, well, no, they didn't re-sign. They got Emmanuel Sanders from the 49ers on a two-year, $16 million contract. Now, this one was, was scary to me because you got Michael Thomas, you got Camara in the backfield. So, and now you top that with Emmanuel Sanders. That's that's scary. And and Drew Brees can still throw the football. And then they also got DJ Swearinger on a one-year, $1 million deal to shore up that defensive backfield with uh with Malcolm Jenkins. So, it's 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 going to be I think the NFC South is going to be the the most exciting division in the NFL next season. That's just my, you know, my honest opinion. And of course, you know, of course I'm biased because my Falcons are in that division, but it's just a lot of moves that have been made in that division. Um, the Carolina Panthers, they signed Robbie Anderson from the Jets on a two-year, $20 million deal with $12 million in year one. So his first year, he's getting $12 million. They signed Farrell Cooper on a $1 million, on a one-year deal. Um, they signed Russell Okun. From the LA Chargers. Uh, they picked up Teddy Bridgewater, which let me know for a fact that Cam Newton is no longer gonna be there. He actually already said that he's not coming back, and which is why I said earlier Bill Belichick should have picked him up for the Patriots and or he should go to the Chargers or the Bears, but they already got Nick Foles and um the or he could or he could go to the Broncos. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing Cam Newton in Broncos orange and orange and blue. Um, I don't I think I think the Carolina Panthers are going to have a down season because the new head coach, new quarterback. Um, they they have to work things out. They have to work out the kinks in their relationship, and they have to gel and whatnot. So I think they're going to have a down season. 
it it very well may it's, it may be a three horse race. It's gonna it's probably gonna be a three horse race in the NFC South. It's gonna be my Falcons. It's gonna be the the Bucks, and it's gonna be the Saints. And the reason why I say the Bucks is I said earlier they got Tom Brady. The Bucks got Tom Brady on a two year deal worth fifty million guaranteed. Um, four million four and a half. Dollar four four and a half million dollars each year in performance based incentives, and has a no tag clause and a no trade clause. Now, Brady's forty three. I'm not I'm not finna tag Brady at forty four and forty five. So I feel like that no tag clause was silly. I feel like that no trade clause was silly. But whatever. Um, you know he's the goat. He can do whatever he want to do. And like I said, I'm I'm humbly eating crow right now because. I'm saying to myself, damn, Tom Brady is actually in the NFC South. He's actually on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, yeah, we we beat each other up in that conference. That's why I called us the NFC, the SEC of the NFL last last uh, episode. But Tom Brady can find a way to win, man. If he can come back from twenty-eight to three in the Super Bowl against my Falcons, I just you just never just never count the man out. Um. And Damakong Sue re-signed with the Bucks on a one-year, eight million dollar deal. And it's a lot of people now that wanna, you know, come back or they wanna go to the Buccaneers because Tom Brady's there and he has that, he basically has the he has the LeBron effect in the NFL. Wherever LeBron goes, people want to go and play with LeBron. I don't 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 let don't let people in the media try to try to tell you otherwise. Wherever LeBron goes, people want to go and play with LeBron. So I like these. I like these pickups. Um, my, I have a cousin who's a Tampa Bay fan, so I know he probably, you know, head over heels right now. He probably saying that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Marcus, chill out. Y'all not going to the Super Bowl just because y'all got Tom Brady. Y'all still got to go through us. Now, granted, y'all have O.J. Howard and y'all have uh, Mike Evans as uh, your offensive weapons. And the defense was legit last year, but y'all still got to go through the Saints and y'all still got to go through us to get to the Super Bowl, to even get through the S to, to even get through the NFC South. So, you know, let's not, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And last but not least, my beloved Atlanta Falcons. Oh, rise up. Oh, rise up my Falcons. We got Todd Gurley. We got Todd Gurley from the L.A. Rams. Now, granted, we got him on a one-year deal, one-year $6 million deal. But he gets $11 million to play in 2020. We got Todd Gurley to come back home. Todd Gurley was talking about how he wanted to come back home. And he said he met with Julio Jones and Julio Jones was like, hey, man, you you know, you should try to come back to the A. And he said, man, I'm I'm working on it. I want to come back home. So we got him and I'm happy. Um, I'm sad that we let Devontae Freeman go. But um, um, I feel like we got a, a major upgrade in the running back position with Todd Gurley. Now, his his knees are problematic, but I feel like he'll come back rejuvenated to want to show out for his hometown his hometown for his family in his hometown. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking that move so far. We also got uh, Dante Fowler Jr. from the Rams. He agreed to a three-year deal, 
were $48 million. Um, we let we let Austin Hooper go, and he's now with the Browns. So I was like, damn, you know, we let Hooper go. Toy Lolo been gone. So what are we going to do in the tight end position? Well, we ended up getting Hayden Hurst from the Ravens in a trade um, along with the 20 with the 2024th overall pick in exchange for a fifth round pick. So we basically just gave the Ravens a fifth round pick and we got him and a fourth round pick. So I was like, okay, you know, the organization over there in Atlanta, they, they you know, they must know what they're doing. So I'm not, not really that upset that Austin Hooper is no longer with us. Now he was, he was a great tight end. He's a great tight end and he deserved the money that he's getting. But, um, you know, I think Hayden Hurst is going to step in and, and, prove himself quite quite the weapon for, you know, Matty Ice. And of course we got Laquan Treadwell. We got Laquan Treadwell also who's a he's he's a wide receiver for the Vikings. Um he hasn't really gotten a lot of play on the field, but he has a lot of potential. And I feel like if he pairs up with Julio Jones, Julio is gonna get him right. And that could be a that could be a deadly combo. You got Hayden Hurst, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Laquan Treadwell, and Todd Gurley. That's why I said you're going to have to go through us in the NFC South. It's going to be us, the Saints, and the Bucks in the NFC South. Now, there's one last thing that I wanted to talk about. I know I've been rambling on for quite a while. This is like the, I'll call this the free agency special. Um, there's a couple more, two more things I want to talk about. Um, some of these coaches... Uh, some of these coaches are head coaches and they should not be head coaches. I'm just going to start off by saying that. I'm not saying that they're not good at what they do, but some you have coaches that started off as coordinators and they should have stayed coordinators. Because when you're a head coach, you have to overlook a lot of different things. When you're when you're an offensive coordinator, you just look over the offense. Your main objective is to find ways for the offense to get points on the board and get yards, you know, on the field. If you're a defensive coordinator, you focus on the defense. Keep the offense from scoring. If you're a quarterback coach, you worry about the damn quarterbacks. You're a head coach, you have to worry about all of those things. You have to worry about offense, defense, special teams. You have to worry about stuff off the field. You have to worry about setting up practice time, travel time for when we have to when they have to go to different games and all that stuff. You, you just have some coaches that aren't built for that. And then you have why the NFL is such a copycat league is because of the fact that you have these general managers in these other organizations. They see that, oh, well, so-and-so was underneath so-and-so. So let me give him a shot as a head coach. Like the Houston Texans. Bill O'Brien, to me, is not a good coach. He's a damn good offense coordinator, but he's not a good head coach. But because of the fact that he coached with Bill Belichick and Coach Bill Belichick had a lot of respect for him, they leaped at the opportunity to give Bill O'Brien a head coaching job. Now, he traded away DeAndre Hopkins, who did not have a single drop last year. I looked it up. He did not have a single drop last year. He's Deshaun Watson's favorite receiver. He's his best friend, mentor, all of that. But because 
he had a conversation with DeAndre Hopkins and the conversation didn't go the way he wanted it to go. He just shipped him out for a bag of peanuts because Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs earned or the Bills gave up a first round, fifth round, sixth round pick along with 2021 fourth round pick and 2027 round pick. So a first, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, and next year's fourth round pick, they got that for Stephon Diggs. They got a second round pick, the Texans did, for DeAndre Hopkins. the top One of the top three receivers in the league. The Texans got a second round pick and David Johnson and his overpaid contract they, that they agreed to continue to absorb up and pay to David Johnson, who's been hurt a lot, might I add. But Bill O'Brien had a conversation with DeAndre Hopkins saying that, you know, uh, he has too many kids by two, by different women and stuff that don't have nothing to do with football. If I'm the head, if I'm a player and my head coach bring me into the office, he should be talking to me about football related stuff. Don't 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 bring my kids. You brought my kids into this. I'm liable to punch you. I'm liable to hurt you. I'm not doing anything wrong to my kids. The the mother of my children, the mothers of my children, rather, they're not doing anything wrong to my kids. So the simple fact that you bringing up the fact that I have different different kids with different women, that's none of your business because it's not affecting the locker room and it's not affecting my play. Obviously not because I haven't I haven't had a drop all season. And he said that this feels like one of the conversations that I've had with Aaron Hernandez. Now, if I was DeAndre Hopkins, it may, I hope it's no kids listening to this, but if I was DeAndre Hopkins, I'd have fucked Bill O'Brien up. I'm sorry. Aaron Hernandez, do you know what Aaron Hernandez did? Aaron Hernandez killed someone in cold blood and you gonna equate me to him? I'd have walked out. I'd have walked out, or I'd have had to get security because I'd have I'd have been trying to, I've been I'd have been trying to break Bill O'Brien's face. You put me in the same sentence with Aaron Hernandez. The hell is your problem? But that's why I said some of these coaches are not meant to be head coaches. Just because he coached with with Bill Belichick does not make him Bill Belichick, and that's what a lot of these general managers are falling for with some of these with with these head coaches. You know, they have they have their coaching tree and their disciples. They think they're going to get the same thing. No, just like uh, just like Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur coached with or he was friends with rather. Um, Coach Sean McVay. The Packers ended up giving him a, a head coaching job. Now, granted, he did fairly well last year, but it doesn't hurt to have Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback. But still in all, it's just the simple fact that because they were in circles with these guys, they're getting these head coaching jobs. I don't understand it. And Bill O'Brien did this, traded him away for a second round pick. He should be fired for that. He should honestly be fired for that. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. And then you got Matt Patricia, the head coach for the Detroit Lions. He sent away... Or he got into it with Darius Slay, who's now with the Philadelphia Eagles. He 
he was working out with Richard Sherman and it was another elite corner that he was working out with. And Matt Patricia just flat out told him, why are you working out with those guys? You ain't elite like them. So what you working out with them for? That's not what a head coach does. That's not what a head coach says. A head coach is someone that's supposed to build you up, tell you what you can do and have you work on what you can't do. Not just flat out tell you what you can't do and tell you who you can't be. Head coach doesn't do that. But because he thinks he's Bill Belichick, he's going to try to do the same thing that Bill Belichick does. He's, he, he tries to have the same practices that the Patriots do with the Detroit Lions. And a lot of players are bristling to that. And Darius Slate, Darius Slate even said himself, I lost respect for him when, you know, we was at practice. According to Darius Slate, they were at practice or a training camp and a wide receiver, a no-name wide receiver got the better of him. So, you know, he put it on social media. He was like, hey, bro, you know, you did a good job today. You got the better of me today. But, you know, it's on the next time we have, next time we come out for practice. So Matt Patricia gets wind of this and he calls him out in front of everybody. And he says, don't, you know, don't stop. You know what? Stop. You know what? The receiver. I can't really don't. I can't really say it, but use your imagination. Stop. Blankety blanking. That guy. Like, where, where do these coaches get off saying stuff like that? Like, I just don't understand it. Like, that makes no sense. The simple fact that you feel as though you, you feel emboldened enough to say that to these guys. These guys are grown men. And that's why I said I would have did what I would have did to Bill O'Brien had he equated me to Aaron Hernandez. Because, bro, I'm a grown man. You just you just basically said I'm like Aaron Hernandez because we you said we had similar talks. Where, where did that come from? Like, I don't know. It's just these these Bill O'Brien, I mean, not Bill O'Brien, these Bill Belichick disciples, they get these coaching opportunities and they they fall flat on their face. Like, yeah, they had they they did a decent job in the playoffs. The Texans did last year, but he even he even he bumped that up. He messed that up in the in the playoffs. A lot of bad calls, a lot of bad plays, and a lot of bad clock management. That's that falls on the head coach. And then Matt Patricia, he won nine games in two seasons, but they fired Jim Caldwell when he won nine games and he went to the playoffs the year that they fired him. So to me, that just makes no sense. You gotta you gotta show me a little bit more. I don't I don't care who you know. You know they you know they always say it's not what you know it's who you know, but when it comes to that. For me, damn, that is what do you know, not who you know, because you could be a disciple of Bill Belichick. Ask Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell was a head coach. Bombed. Um, you could be a disciple of Bill Walsh all you want to. But if you if you don't know half of what Bill Walsh knows, that don't mean squat to me. But um, I know I've been rambling on, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you all. Thank you all for, you know, giving me another listen. I know this one was a little bit more long winded than the last episode and I apologize for that. But, um, next episode will be, you know, fairly shorter. Um, I just wanted to get all the free agency stuff in and whatnot and, you know, share my views on that with you all. But, uh, once again, this is Dominic Lamar Kutchenberg, but you can just call me Damo because everybody else does. And thank you for listening to Speaking Sports with Damo. God bless you all. Let's stay safe. Let's flatten the curve. Let's beat this virus.